This week on Ridiculously Bored. That made it look like I was <laughs> in the car. Oh, boy. Wouldn't it be a great opportunity to introduce a new segment, which I'm calling Faith in Humanity. Hmm. I am definitely the bitch of the group. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, human beings, my favorite people amongst the planet. My name is David Michael. I'm Michael Carter. And we are... Ridiculously bored. All right, Michael, we're back. Episode sixteen. Uh, that's that's four full months. I, I can't remember the last time I did anything for four months without quitting. Can you? Uh, other than work and having to raise kids and not being able to trade them in? No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, both of us have been uh, well known for our uh, squirrel uh, mentality. So uh, this is actually pretty impressive, even though maybe other folks don't think that it is. I think it's pretty impressive that we stuck with it this long. I have a funny story about that squirrel aspect that you just mentioned. Um, <laughs> okay, hit me with it. We can jump right, oh, trick of the week making an appearance. We can jump right into it. So, because my mom has Alzheimer's and a few of her sisters have Alzheimer's and we think some others have Alzheimer's who haven't been diagnosed with it, um, I was worried that, you know, hey, they always say if you can find out earlier, it's always better. So... Mm -hmm. I actually went for the first test a couple months ago, and because of COVID, everything's taking longer. I went a couple months ago, and I took the first test. And the first test is pretty easy. Like, And I knew what it was because I saw my mom take it. So it's like, draw a clock. Um, here are three words. I'm going to ask you them again every once in a while. Um, and then there's a few others. And so I took that, that test, and it's about 10 questions or so. And what I thought was funny was the doctor said, um, not only he goes, I would have given you a hundred percent, but the sentence here doesn't have a preposition, so I'm only going to give you a 99. <laughs> you're supposed <laughs> to write a sentence at one point. So oh. I knew that what it was going to be. So I, when I took it, it was fine. Every doctor's like, Look, everything's fine. Like, this isn't a good indicator, though. He goes, Because you're trying to catch it early. So we have another test that you can take. And he's like, That test takes about four hours. Oh, Jesus, that's like the yeah. SATs, right? So um, I said, look, I, I want to take it because, you know, it's in, it's in my family history. I want to take it. So I actually took that exam about a week and a half ago or so. And I went this week for my follow-up. So the doc, so the exam is everything from here's a number, here's a longer number, repeat it back to me. Here's a longer number, repeat it back to me. And Which, by the way, like I... I couldn't do that in my high school days when I was the sharpest. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, don't ask me for the alphabet backwards. That's not going to happen. No. Um, then there was other things like, here's a list, and it comes with a matching word. Can you match the word? And then they ask you it a couple different ways, and then they ask you, were these on the list? Were these not on the list? You know, all these different things. So mm -hmm. we go mm -hmm. through this whole long test, and I finish. You don't get any results then, so I leave. Go back this week, and the doctor's like, okay, well, he goes, I have good news and bad news. He goes... The good news is you don't have Alzheimer's. He goes, you have no signs of early indication, nothing. He goes, so that's the good news. 
He goes, but we did determine that you actually have ADD. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, so, I could have told you that. <laughs> yeah, he says, Doc, I've known that for fucking 40 yeah. years, man. <laughs> you and I have been talking about that for decades. We're yeah. like, man, if they would were to diagnose kids when we were young, we both would have been for sure ADD, yeah. ADHD. But it's funny that I actually now in my late 40s, I actually get diagnosed with it. Yeah. And he's like, look, you you seem to be able to handle it pretty well. He's like, you know, you have a good job. You're doing things. You know, you've gotten through college, all those other things. He's like, I suggest you don't take anything. He's like, just know that you have it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think, Doc, I, I basically have known I've always had it. So it doesn't doesn't matter that you've officially diagnosed it. But I thought my wife thought it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> all the things that came home with was ADD. So question for you. One, are you young enough for that test to be statistically relevant? Yes, there are people who start showing sign in their 40s. Okay. Um, they consider it early, early onset. He okay, said the so other thing that That's was, really early though, right? I mean, I would consider early onset 50s and 60s. Yeah, you know what? You know how... I, I think you're right. I would consider that as well, but sometimes... By like, the way, that's, that's not clinical. That's just like kind of what I think. It's not based on any factual evidence. Somebody's protecting himself from the Google police. <laughs> <laughs> no, so... He, but the other thing he said to me, which is important, he said, look, if nothing else, he goes, we've taken a baseline. He's like, so we've taken you at this age, what your cognitive ability yeah. is. He's like, so you if you compare. ever feel yeah. that you want to get reviewed again, he's like, we can look at it in five years, 10 years, whatever it is. But he's like, we have a baseline to know what you were like now. So mm-hmm. that part's good. <laughs> the good news is you don't have Alzheimer's. The bad news is you're dumb as shit. You failed the test. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first. Yeah. Won't be the last. Yeah, no. I've actually thought about about similar things like, you know, should you know, should I look into it? Should I take it? I definitely will at some point. Um, I don't I mean, I just don't know that I mean, my next question for you at least was going to be does that mean you will never get it, or that just no. means you don't have it now? Means there's, n- there, I don't even think they are definitively saying I don't have it. They're saying there's no, there's no indicators signs of, it. of it. Yeah. So to me, that means I don't have it. But they, like you know, they're all it protecting could, yeah. themselves. They won't say anything. But of course, um, if you do take it, um, I can help you cheat on it if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to cheat on it. I would actually like to know. How was your week this week? Um, this week was a cluster, man. Um, we talked last week about just work being just absolutely overwhelming. Um, I launched two international subsidiary ERP systems this week. And I know to most people that means gobbledygook, but, um, the, the implementation is still ongoing. I mean, I was up till 2am last night working and I got up at 6am this morning to continue working. I'll probably do a little bit of the same tonight. So it's just... I'm exhausted, as you can probably see from my lethargy, but uh, it is what it is. Life goes on. I'll be done in probably a day or two and then enjoy the weekend up north in some, uh, I don't know, some mountains. Nice. What is the drink of the week this week since you have it in hand? I do. Um, so this week, this is called a jelly donut. And showing you the glass on camera is actually probably not going to do much because it kind of just looks like a like a strawberry milkshake but it's uh equal parts chambord which is a blackberry liqueur black no it's a black raspberry liqueur and uh rum chata which is a horchata flavored rum so um yeah they call it a jelly donut i saw it on the rum chata website they have a whole bunch of recipes and i'm like yeah that's right up my alley so i I know you have a couple of cousins that like some of the fruitier drinks 
And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, <laughs> but this is actually pretty good. It's a little bit sweet. Um, tastes like a jelly donut. I mean, there is nothing wrong with an umbrella and a drink and a piece of fruit on it, though. <laughs> I will say that. That shit's good stuff. Those umbrellas, those little umbrellas are hours of fun. <laughs> so you flip it over, you break the thing, and then all of a sudden time fun's over. <laughs> <laughs> so we just released the last episode yesterday, which um, I like having a few days in between you know, releasing the episodes because we typically get a decent amount of feedback that kind of ends up on the, uh, on, on the next episode. Uh, episode. Did you uh, have you talked to anybody? Got yeah, I talked feedback? to a few of my cousins. They liked the episode. They they thought it was really good. Um, I heard from the person who won, and I, I guess he reached which out. Which one me, of the people that won? Franco. Okay. Which his last name is Salandra. <laughs> you pronounced it Salandro. <laughs> Immediately after I think I pronounced this cilantro. Yes, I totally like, screwed the pooch on that. Like he's a <laughs> sorry, <mint>. Franco. <laughs> Hey, what do you got on your salad there? I Salandro. suck. <laughs> <laughs> so he reached out to me, I think, as he was listening to the episode. So he's like, hey, I think I won. Then I got another message like, oh, no, wait, I didn't. Oh, wait, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that was interesting. Um, yeah, but otherwise, you know, look, I, I get a lot of feedback from a similar group of people each time, you know. Yeah, before you go that, on to that, uh, and, and since you mentioned Franco, we, uh, I need to put a disclaimer. Um, the envelopes that went out with your gift cards, um, please don't open them in front of children. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And if you by accident do, please post that story on uh, our YouTube channel so we can talk about it. Do not. I will be in prison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A selfie, if you would. Um, were there any technical corrections from last week? There were a couple. Uh, I, well, yeah. Um, at the very end of the episode, we I think I threw out there like, hey, is is venison reindeer meat in addition to deer meat? And uh, so I, I took that upon myself because I was curious to look it up. It's actually any wild game. Like that includes like boar, like elk, anything that's wild game that's typically stuff that's hunted, they consider to be venison. So it's actually quite, I mean, to me, I've had elk and I've had deer before, and they don't really taste the same. So, um, but they're both considered venison. So, uh, as is deer and reindeer. So, yeah. So that was one technical correction from last week. Yeah, and when I, I looked up something where it said basically the reindeer is the version of the deer that's in the cold weather, and the deer mm. tends to be in warmer weather. Not always, but that's that's what it said. Gotcha. So, that's, right. that's good. Yeah, that was one thing. And the other thing was um, someone had questioned my use of the term gaslighting. Um, and uh, I think it was in response to me saying about how I get into arguments with family members and they won't allow me to retort, um, probably because um, I get quite aggressive when I feel pa passionate about something. <laughs> but uh, so I looked up the uh, the Wikipedia. No, this is Wikipedia. This is, uh, I think it's like Encyclopedia Britannica's version of the definition of gaslighting. And it's actually quite interesting. So uh, it, this, this term has been used quite a lot in the last four years. And I'm not going to say why. You'll figure it out when I read this definition that I did not write. An elaborate 
Gaslighting, an elaborate and insidious technique of deception and psychological manipulation usually practiced by a single deceiver or gaslighter on a single victim over an extended period. Its effect is to gradually undermine the victim's confidence in his own his or her own ability to distinguish truth from falsehood, right from wrong, or reality from appearance, thereby rendering him pathologically dependent on the gaslighter in his thinking or feelings. So it's basically modern day, you're wrong, I'm right, what you have to say doesn't really matter. Continually wearing someone down over time and making them believe that their opinions really have no, no, uh, no sway in the discussion. So, uh, and we've had some pretty powerful people in the past uh, little while here um, use this technique to kind of get their way. So, are you going to use a hot new term every week? Is next week on fleek? <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm definitely not, the, not new. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the You're a little bit dated on that one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so, how was your week? <clears throat> it was good. So, I got the COVID shot this week. This you got the vaccine? Week. I got the vaccine. So which group are you and how did you qualify for that? I did not. The group I'm in is the in New York and Connecticut, you have first of all, you have to be in that state, right? So it has to be your mm -hmm. home state. So for me it's Connecticut. But when they first started rolling this out, they made the requirements so strict that the first week or two, some shots were going wasted because they couldn't meet the criteria. Yeah, yeah, right? I heard about that. And the so, the Moderna and the the Pfizer Shots need to be kept extremely cold, like right. almost freezing, and they don't last very long outside of that. So if you don't have the capability to store a lot of them, then they, they go to waste, which obviously right. we don't want. And that was one part. And then the second part is some of the vials were having an extra amount of shot in there, in essence, right? Because it's done by a machine, and it's just like if you, you stack a bunch of bottled waters on the table— the, the line is relatively close to each other, but, yeah, but some they're are not a little higher, some are a little lower. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing. They, so some of them, they were having extra shots. So I have a friend of a friend who basically told her, look, we've been getting some extra shots. We've been getting some last-minute cancellations. And what's happening at some of these places is, you know, the Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, ShopRite, whatever places you have out in Arizona, yep. Cactus Farm, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They've been having extras, and at the end of the day, they announce it over the loudspeaker, like, you know, we've gone through all the right Red protocols. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so people are, like, loitering around these places waiting for it. You know what so pisses what, me off about that before you go on? I've been calling three times a week to get my dad scheduled. My dad's mm -hmm. squarely in the 75, you know, plus age group that's supposedly eligible to get the shot. And I've been calling CVS and Walgreens um, pretty much every, like, Monday, Wednesday, Friday to try and get him signed up. And every single time I call, they're like, sorry, we're, we're booked out. You got to call call in two days and check yeah. again. They're gaslighting him. Um, <laughs> you, well, that would be the incorrect the, usage of that word. <laughs> use the website. That's what I did for my dad. But I'll get to that in a second. So when they're having extra shots, he reaches out. And the way it works is he gets in touch with you. You have to say yes or no right then and there. Like if you're like, oh, mm -hmm. let me think about it. He moves on to the next person. Right. And you have to be able to get to the place within two hours, again, because it goes back to the, the how these will expire. So luckily, uh, you know, the guy had two extra shots, one for my friend, actually three in total, one for my friend and two for my wife and I. So did and you so get we the Pfizer or the, um, or the Moderna? It ended up being the Pfizer one. The, so you have to go back had. for a second shot. Yeah. Well, even Moderna, you need to. Johnson mm -hmm. & Johnson's only one shot. So 
speaking of the other way is to get, like for my dad too, he's in that age group. I've been trying forever to get him through all the websites, right? Because they said that's the easiest way to sign up. Mm-hmm. And so finally, I've been looking and I found one that was two and a half hours away that had an opening. And I just fucking booked him in for that. So he went uh, this past Monday. He drove two and a half hours, got his shot. And the way it works is if you get the first one, you automatically get registered for the second mm-hmm. one, even yeah. me. So I'm not in the age group. I'm not in the appropriate category. But because you got the first, you automatically also get the second. Interesting. I'll get that in a few weeks. So it's great. So it's a good step forward here. Yeah. Very good. So yeah, that was uh, that was the biggest thing from the week. And you? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, the week was just absolutely shit just because of work. So I haven't been able to do much uh, fun stuff. I have been keeping up with, for the most part, what's going on in, in the news. And I thought it would be fun because we talked about cancel culture last week. I thought it would be fun to to reference a couple of instances of that uh, this week. And uh, again, this is just nothing more than like me repeating what's been read out there. There's no spinning on it or anything. But uh, two things happened in the last couple of weeks. Number one, if anyone watches The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, I don't. My wife loves it. I used to watch it, but it's just gotten way too um, too boring for me. So I stopped watching it. But the host on that got cornered on a uh, on an interview uh protecting one of the uh one of the 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 contestants on the show she had been i think it was 2017 2018 she had been filmed at a plantation party and uh, apparently that's like it's like a kind of sorority fraternity party where y'all you get dressed up like you know gone with the wind scarlett o'hara and you have a good time um you know and, and then she swears there was no ill intent and and you know folks Folks in the South like their parties, but, um, you know, a, a lot of people said that that was kind of a racist thing to do. Well, so, I think there was also some Confederate flags that they had, which... Possibly, I, look, I don't know. I know it's been around forever, and only in the last year or so that they've started taking it out of, like, fucking Capitol buildings and stuff, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. But that particular flag, though it looked great on the General Lee when I was a kid and I didn't know what it meant, that particular flag stands for something, right? And so... The fact of the matter is, is wearing these Scarlett O'Hara type dresses is one thing, but I think that was involved as well. So now that's sending a message. Yeah. And look, I'm not saying it could go either way, but all, all he really said, you know, you know, the, the question was geared towards him. Like, Hey, what do you think about that? And his response was kind of like, you know what? You should really give her a break. Like, you know, it's, it's really easy to do something to piss anybody off nowadays you should kind of really give her a break. And that essentially got him fired from the show. He, he's a, a executive producer on the show, so he stepped down. But the reality is, is that that comment did not go over well with anybody. And uh, a really good friend of mine, in fact, we were having this conversation earlier today, had said that, um, you know, it's it's one thing, I get that that these, these things that we want to get rid of have, have a negative connotation to it. But when, when you erase them from history, you forget why they were there. Um, for example, the Confederate flag. You know, some might say, well, it represents a, a, a pretty bad time in this country's history that, that represents or supported races, or racism and, and slavery. Um, but the reality is, if you delete that from the history books, um, you're pretty much bound to repeat that to some effect because you're essentially... It, removing it from our history. And so what happens if in a hundred years from now, 
children grow up and, and don't know anything about that. Some might say, well, that's a good thing, right? You don't, you don't want them to know. But some might say, well, hey, you know, this has never been done before. Why don't we try this? So I'm not saying that that's good or bad. I'm just saying, well, I mean, it could be bad. But, you know, erasing certain things from our history, um, it, it may have repercussions that we hadn't really considered before. So I found that really interesting. Yeah, and, and the other thing is something where what we learn versus somebody else. So I have a pretty good friend who's German, grew up in Germany, you know, didn't come over till his 20s or something. Mm-hmm. And he said, and like this was, it was shocking to me. And it was, I, it was funny because like, I can't believe this is what they're doing. He said when he grew up, when they taught history, it was basically like page five in the book starts World War II. And then he's like, page six is, we lost World War II, and then they move on to the next thing. He's like, mm-hmm. that's it. He's like, they don't talk about anything else. So he's like, growing up, he didn't even hear about all the stories until he came to America. And yeah. he was like, they didn't, they didn't fucking talk about it at all. So that goes back to your comment of, you know, erasing it isn't the best thing. But look, especially we in We don't want to celebrate it, right? right Celebrating is the, is thing, the right? wrong, that's the wrong way to go about doing it. But right. um, I just fear that- one thing, yeah. right? Having- a party dedicated to it. It's 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 just like there's old comedies from the 40s, 50s, and 60s where mm-hmm. people are in blackface because at the time it was accepted. Yeah. And now, like if, if you do that, your your career, your life, everything is over. Like if you do right. something like that, but 50 years ago, right? Yeah. So again, it's it's like you said, it's good to know it. It's good for them to teach that it happened, but you got to be careful that people aren't celebrating. Yeah. I just, I always try to think of it because I have, you know, I have college aged kids and I always try and think of it like, what if, you know, they were in that scenario and I can picture a scenario where, hey, we're, we're in the South. This is cool to do. And oh, by the way, let's go get some antiques or things that make this look authentic. Oh, look, someone's got, you know, the General Lee flag or whatever you want to call it. Let's go ahead and throw that out there because it'll add some kind of ambiance to the place. Not thinking like, hey, by the way, this is, a you know, (laughs) now this kind of horrible, you know, memory icon of of, of a time that we all want to forget. But um, so I don't know. It's just such a double-edged sword. And the other one, moving on, was... Wait, before, before you move on to the other one. Uh-huh. Just real quickly, if everybody can um, write in on the bottom of our YouTube channel, is David correct when he says scenario, or is it actually scenario? I, I know both are used, but I'm just curious who uses what. I would use scenario, not scenario. Potato, potato. Yes. <laughs> so that's good. So we'll move to London and we'll call it potato. <laughs> All right, go ahead. The, What's the, the other second one? one, which blew my mind, and it's this one's about a week old as well, is... Um, Coca-Cola. I don't know if you've heard about the the drama surrounding Coca-Cola, but they had um, apparently approved some diversity training that I believe up until a few days ago was available on LinkedIn Learning, and uh, their employees had uh, had taken some classes. And one of the classes speaks to the effect of being less white, and talks about how to be less white. You know, and it says things like be less arrogance or, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's another level of absurdity. And, you know, having worked in large corporations, I can see how something like this may have slipped by. But the fact is that it did slip by. Somebody got a hold of it and whistle blew it. And now, I mean, just Google hashtag, um, I think it's called cancel Coca-Cola. There's a hashtag out there that's just going absolutely crazy. In fact, I was at the supermarket on Sunday with my dad, 
and he likes to get diet soda. And we went down the soda aisle, and I kid you not, there was not a single diet soda to be found except for Coke products. Diet Coke, regular Coke, everything else, the shelves were almost cleared. The Coke shelves were plentiful. And I I thought that speaks volumes. Yeah, I know this isn't the right follow-up to that, but was there any diet cherry? <laughs> no, I, can't I still find that cannot anywhere. find that. No, the Cherry Coke Zero is absolutely... I did find Mountain Dew Zero, the which I've never I seen before. No, 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 just regular Mountain Dew Zero. So instead of getting my usual diet Mountain Dew, I got Mountain Dew Zero, and it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's definitely it's different. It doesn't taste like... Diet Mountain Dew, but my wife says it tastes better. It tastes more like regular Mountain Dew. So, and I haven't had regular Mountain Dew in probably 30 years, so I couldn't even tell you. I'm telling you, when progress hits your town, you'll start seeing the zero with watermelon. Yeah, I hope so. We're usually a beta test for a lot of different flavors. Like when that Livewire stuff first came out, it was like Mountain Dew Livewire, the orange flavored, which I I love orange anything. I mean, duh, I'm wearing it, you know, but... Um, Orange-flavored sodas are probably one of my favorites. And when that thing came out, I was all over it. And uh, I had found out that they were beta testing it in the Phoenix area. I guess because we are such a diverse culture in Phoenix because we've got, you know, a lot of Mexicans. We've got Latinos. We've got Italians. We've got people from Boston. We've got people from everywhere, right? Um, They, I guess it's a good market for testing uh, new products to see how it's going to do elsewhere in the country. Actually, one of the things that's very hard to come by in Arizona is somebody who was born in Arizona. 100%. Like Everybody here is from somewhere else. One out else. of 50 people I meet out there is actually uh, born there. That is very, very true. We got, yeah. we have a lot of Chicago people. We have a lot of Boston people. Obviously, a lot of people from Mexico. Please say Philly. Um, I'm no, nobody from Philly. Philly. I don't know Fuck anybody. you, Philly, anyway. <laughs> 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 um, so... Speaking of test markets and test products and the beta mm-hmm. testing and all those different things, I used to, I have a friend who used to work for Pepsi. And one of the things he talked about was how some of these products have come out and then have absolutely bombed. Right? Sure. So he was like, Crystal Pepsi is an example. And then he's like, they did a Blueberry Pepsi many years after that. And he's like, let me tell you, he's like, we did fucking tons of market research. Mm-hmm. He's like, we didn't say to people, would you be interested in a blueberry-flavored Pepsi? He's right. like, those were like getting constant write-ins. You should make a blueberry one. You should make a blueberry <laughs> one. So he's like, finally, we made it. He goes, we tested it. Everybody liked it. We put it out there. And he goes, and it fucking bombed. <laughs> he goes, so sometimes those test markets don't work that well. Well, ask anyone who's ever taken a marketing class in their, uh, you know, in their collegiate uh, career. Uh, one of the classic stories, there's two classic marketing blunder stories. Number one is the Chevy Nova. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as most people know, Nova in Spanish means no go. So why would I buy a car that doesn't go? Right. Mm-hmm. So that was a marketing blunder, number one. Not enough research done in that. Although, if you remember, our neighborhood had a gang called the Blue Novas. Do you remember that? And they used to drive those Chevy Novas up and down Franklin Avenue. No. And anytime we saw one, everybody jumped because they would always throw M80s and fireworks out of the car at us as we were like playing outside in the streets. You don't remember no, that? I don't remember those at all. You should have thrown eggs at their car. Listen, uh, that, I think that, that was before the eggs. Egg that was that was before the egg. The <laughs> no, great. I don't remember egg, that at all. The egg catastrophe of of '88. Please, that's <laughs> episode three or four. I can't remember. I think three, it's episode yeah. three. Yeah. Anyways, um, so the Chevy Nova was one of the largest, you know, American marketing blunders of all time. The second was New Coke. 
Mm-hmm. And at the time, Coke was probably had a, a 80% market share in the cola market. Pepsi wasn't anywhere to be found, no matter how hard they tried to market their next generation, generation next Pepsi, whatever. They just weren't anywhere near Coke. Somebody in Coca-Cola decided that they needed to create a new formula for, for Coca-Cola. Uh, and why mess with something if it's not broken? Um, classic marketing blunder. They came out with new Coke, and I think it lasted maybe six months. I don't even and think they, that long. Yeah, they came out with Coca-Cola Classic after yep. that to bring so, back the old Coca-Cola formula. You know what they said was the biggest blunder in that new Coke experiment? They never asked. They asked a lot of questions about, do you like it? Would you drink it? If it was an option, et cetera, et cetera. They never asked, would you drink this over the right. other Coke? They never asked that question, and so when they took the old Coke away, they got People the they, they got their answer whether they asked it or not. Their minds, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they lost their minds. Yep. Yeah, Pepsi yeah. gained a ton of market share. That whole I remember that whole thing. Yeah, it's I a like, case study in horrible marketing, and like I said, textbook case study. Uh, literally in universities, it's taught. Yep, I like um, the old days when they just called it the Cola Wars, and you couldn't say the product name couldn't show the other product. It was always like the, if Pepsi was having a commercial, it was kind of the Coke logo, but it said something else. And yeah, the they had Pepsi to make logo it like, was the colors. Nowadays, yeah. the commercials are like the guy's wearing a Pepsi outfit and like pushes the Coke aside. Like they don't even give a shit anymore. Or, or they'll have like, you know, like the Burger King mascot beating the shit out of Ronald McDonald or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> they don't even care anymore. Yeah, that's pretty good. So um, one of the things that I wanted to do was, in light of the last few episodes where I've just taken a ton of heat for my negativity towards the human race, I said, wouldn't it be a great opportunity to introduce a new segment, which I'm calling Faith in Humanity. Hmm. And if we had a violin or something, we'd play that in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I will. I'll add it in the video in the edit. Um, and, and the theory behind this, or at least in practice, what I wanted to do was every week tell a story about an interaction that I may or may not have had, well, may have had or did have during the week that either restored or diminished my faith in humanity. So, question, just based on what you just said. So, mm-hmm. it is a real story or you might make up a story? No, no, it is 100% to... real story. Okay. Um, okay. The only thing I could think of is if a week goes by and nothing happens. That makes me kind of trigger it. We may just kind of skip it for that week. But I thought it would be fun to keep a running tally, you know, of positives and negatives of, you know, just kind of random stories. And I'm not looking to justify my behavior towards the human race. Um, I, I will try and, and, and balance out as much as I possibly can the good with the bad. But I do have so, a story that happened this week that was the genesis of this idea. So does one of us tell a story and the other one votes on whether or not it? Oh no! Oh no! It's, it's clearly it's clearly apparent <laughs> what the result <laughs> is based on the story. And I'll give you an example of something that actually happened to me this week. That okay. um, I, I won't I won't tell you. I'll just tell the story. How about that? So there's a main drag um, outside of my house. It's a fairly large uh, and main main street. It goes on for a few miles, and there's a couple of stoplights. Um, and as, as many of you know, I have a brand new truck, so I'm uh, extremely protective of it. You know, when you get a new car, like, you know, any little dust speck, you're like, oh, no, 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 you baby the hell first out of it. First scratch is the hardest. Yes, it is. <laughs> but once you have that first scratch, you're like, ah, screw it. 
So I'm driving on this main drag, and in front of me is this, uh, it's like a Nissan Altima, I think, and they're driving a little bit erratic. And I'm in the middle lane, there's three lanes, they're on the left-hand lane, right? And I kind of, whenever I'm driving, my goal is to stay out of everyone's way. I'm not the aggressive one, I'm not the super slow one, I'm kind of the, hey, like, everybody stay away from me, and don't touch me, and don't touch my car. So um, I'm always looking for craziness. When I see it, I usually slow down and I'm like, all right, just let it happen. Just don't let it happen near me. So this car's driving erratic and then all of a sudden, she's, I'd say, about 10 feet in front of me and she veers into my lane really hard. So I beep the horn and then she jerks back out of my lane and then she proceeds to cut across three lanes, almost cutting me off. I have to jam on the brakes. So immediately... I'm not thinking, well, this person's an asshole. To, I, quite honest, I'm thinking, holy crap, like this person may be having like a heart attack or something. Like some, it looks, the way they're driving, I'm like, it looks like something's seriously wrong. So I speed up to get alongside them in the lane to look down to see, because my truck is lifted. So I'm looking down to see what's going on. And it's this sweet little old lady. And she reaches up and looks at me and flips me the bird <laughs> and then speeds off. So she is she is an aggressive driver then. Faith in humanity diminished. I'm going to go negative one on this one. <laughs> so, all right. First of all, that's great. A little old lady giving the <laughs> finger is great. great. I don't care where it is, how it happens. A little old lady giving the finger is awesome. It's not. It's, this, it, it totally justifies how I feel about humans. Well, I, I have a different story. It has nothing? didn't happen now. It happened many years ago, but it had to do with a old lady in the car next to me. So I was at a traffic light that is like a major six-way kind of traffic light because there's an entrance to the highway, there's an entrance coming off the highway, there's all the streets in there, so it, it takes forever, so the light's a while. And I had in my car uh, a Yoohoo, something something like a Yoohoo. If it wasn't a Yoohoo, I think it, it was something like it, but it had to be shaken, right? Because it was whatever, it was not carbonated, so it had to be shaken. So I was shaking the the drink and i guess looking back or from the outside looking in i was shaking it in a rather unintentional suggestive way <laughs> that made it look like i was jerking off in the car oh boy right so i I'm noticed sensing a weekly theme here with you and and stroking <laughs> yeah i'm a guy dick and balls are great <laughs> uh so she happens to she happens to notice that I'm doing this. She doesn't know what I'm doing. Obviously, she clearly now thinks I'm jerking off based on her reaction, based on her face. And instead of being like, oh, no, sorry, I totally play it up as I'm waiting for the light to change. So I'm like now making it really look like I am jerking off when I'm just shaking the drink. Oh, Jesus. And I can see her out of the corner of my eye. She's just staring at me with her mouth open in shock. Like, oh, my God, this person's jerking off in their car at a traffic light. The light finally turns green. I show her it's a you, and I just drive off. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my little old lady story. Did you catch her 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 uh, complexion on the way on the way out? Maybe she was disappointed. <laughs> maybe no, she maybe was she lost faith else. in humanity. <laughs> so um, I, yesterday afternoon, um, I get a text from my uh, my daughter, and she's at the gym. She's working out, and she says she texts me. She says, "Oh my god, I almost barfed." And I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, you feel okay? Is everything okay? And she goes, oh no, I'm fine. I just got to the point in last week's episode where <laughs> Mike told the story of being at the sex club. 
is like, oh my God, I don't know if I could ever look at him the same way again. <laughs> so I had quite a few people were like, oh, the vault. One of my cousins was like, you went to the vault? Like he clearly knew what it <laughs> knew was. what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's one of those things. Like, look, I, as I said before, I like, I'll experience anything new, different, unusual. I'm totally up for it. So yeah, I almost think we need to go to Zona Norte just for, I mean, that's got to be a content goldmine. Can you imagine the stories we'll come away from with that? Yeah, um, and the divorce papers. And, <laughs> and the I'm not saying we do anything bad. I'm saying just walking around that neighborhood, we're probably a goldmine of stories. So do you feel like when you're out, do you feel like weird stuff happens to you? Or do you feel that you pay attention more and notice them? No, um, when I am out with you, Weird stuff happens all the time. When I'm out by myself, nothing ever happens. I live a very boring life. But for some reason, add you to the equation, and either we almost get into a fight, we almost get arrested, some crazy shit happens, and uh, I don't know what, what it is there. Do you think that's, that piece is partly because like I'm always stirring the pot, like whether it's for fun or you know, being a wise-ass, you know, as I've said before, when I say something... A lot of my friends are ready for somebody to laugh as well as somebody to punch me in the face, right? Because sometimes people don't take the things I've said as funny as I thought they were intended to be. I think it's a combination of that and a combination of when you and I are together, we're like two giddy little schoolgirls. Like we pretty much giggle almost the entire time just making each other laugh. So I, I, I feel like that in it of itself leads to just mayhem. Just, just mayhem because we're always trying to one up each other. Yeah, so that's very manly, <laughs> giggling like little girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's funny though. Like we just every anytime we're in the same room together, we end up just like finding the weirdest shit to laugh at, and and yeah. it usually uh, it usually ends up in a in a good story. So I'm at a, a home. So the reason why I asked that is because somebody actually pointed it out to me. And sometimes it's not just like I'll tell the story of what happened. Nowadays, you can take a fucking picture at anything, of anything, anywhere, anytime. So I'm at a home improvement store, and there's a guy who is getting wood off the shelf and putting it on the the, uh, cart. And they have special carts, right? When you get wood, you're not putting it in a shopping cart. It's basically like a big table. Mm -hmm. And under the table is his fucking adult child just hanging out because he's bored. Adult? Adult, like 15, 20, like not not a four or five-year-old. Like right. Old enough that he could just stand next to his dad while he's getting these pieces of wood. So I took a photo of it, and I sent it to somebody. And I'm like, like what the hell's going on here? And I got back, why does weird shit always happen to you when you're out? And I, I think I pay attention to it more. Because one I have, and this is probably my ADD, I, and this drives people crazy. I can listen to conversations at once. I've always been able to do that. So somebody literally could be talking to me on my right. Somebody could be talking to me on my left. And I can hear both conversations and I can answer both conversations. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. So whenever I'm out, I'm always looking around and just taking everything in, seeing what's happening Mm -hmm. over there, what's this, what's that. And I'm always, my mind's always racing, right? It's one of the reasons why I absolutely love riding my motorcycle. And the reason is, is because I don't think of anything when I'm on the motorcycle. The only thing I think about when I'm on the motorcycle is how to fucking drive a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right or how to ride a motorcycle all you fucking harley guys i don't want to hear from you how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> everybody please so, put in the comments how driving <laughs> is not possible on a motorcycle yeah and so 
like even when I start thinking about something, even if it's some stressful thing at work, I start and then immediately I'm like, oh, wait, I'm I got I'm riding the motorcycle. Let me pay attention. Mm-hmm. So. That's one of those things. That's why I absolutely love it. It's one of the few places, few times where I really just kind of almost zone out when I'm doing something. Um, quick story, funny story about the Harley Group. Every dealership that you can buy a Harley from has a Harley Group. And as part of that, you, in a non-COVID world, you have a nice little clique of people that sure. have the same interest, right? So mm-hmm. when I wanted to get my license, I told a few people, hey, I'm going to go for my motor- uh, motorcycle license. Are you interested? Five people were like, yeah, absolutely. When are you going to do it? Five months passed, six months passed. Nobody does it. A year passed. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go get my own. So all these people who were like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Nobody got it. Just me. So the group, it's, so it's people hold on with a second. Help me understand that. So you already owned the motorcycle but didn't have a license? No. There are people who do that, though. So um, but let me let me talk about the group, and then I'll just explain how but did I did you join originally... the group before you bought the bike? No. You buy it, and you get membership to it. So... Um, so at part of that group, there's people with similar interests and you get, you usually get together once a month, they have a meeting and they all do, they all do all this other shit, charity stuff, um, stuff for the group, interesting things, road trips, like, Hey, we're Saturday, we're going three hours North. You know, if everybody wants to come, you go up, you have lunch, mm-hmm. up there, you come back. So people yeah. have similar things. One of the early meetings, and this was my first year riding, you know, summer was kind of coming to an end and I am definitely the bitch of the group. Right? <laughs> like, I, 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 it's pretty clear. <laughs> so I happen to say like, they're like, Oh, any questions? So I raise my hand and I'm like, yeah, what do you, how do you guys store your bikes in the winter? Like, what do you do? Where do you put them? And the guy's like, if there's no snow on the ground, we ride in the winter. And I'm like, no, yeah, me too. Me too. And, you know, like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, me too. Me too. So a, a lot of them, like they ride all winter. As long as there's not snow, ice, or salt on the ground, they'll mm-hmm. go riding. Fuck that. That's not for me. Like, that, that's why I said that's why I'm the bitch of the group. So, no, when you go for your license, you, you can get a – this is the weird thing about this. In Connecticut, you can get a permit, and you're allowed to ride a motorcycle. And so what, there is a ton of people who just go permit to permit. Permit's good for six hmm. months or a year gets ready to expire, they go take the test again, they get another permit. And the reason is, Connecticut requires for you to get a license, you have to take a safety class. And the safety class is like 20 hours. Oh, so it's you have a couple different ways you can do it, over a weekend, over a few nights a week, over a month, however you want to do it. But it's a fucking process. But again, never having rode a motorcycle before I started riding, I signed up for the class first. I go there. To, to take the class. There are people who rode their motorcycles to the class. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Then you take the class, and the interesting thing is, the way this class is structured is the last day, the last hour, you actually take the motor vehicle exam. They have a Connecticut DMV person come, and you get certified there. So I actually passed the license exam, but wasn't allowed to drive a motor, ride a motorcycle because I hadn't had my permit. <laughs> So I had to go down and get my permit, and then my license automatically became effective. Hmm. So that's the process you go through to get a, a license. So you mentioned that in order to get your license in Connecticut, you have to take a 20-hour safety course. Mm-hmm. The thing that just absolutely boils my blood about that is the people that should be taking a safety course are not motorcycle drivers, riders. They are the people that drive cars, because people that drive cars are a danger to people that ride motorcycles. 
Yeah. Most actually, of the time, it's an accident's caused between a motorcycle and a, and a car. It is very rarely the fault of the person on the on the cycle. So that's that. It's it's annoying to me that it's a mandate that motorcyclists need to take the safety class when the reality is it should be everybody else. Right. It should be something they teach you in your normal driver's license class. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they talk about that. One of the things for motorcycle riders is they talk about is you always have to assume that car didn't see you. So every yeah. decision you make is based on that guy doesn't see me. So if you're pulling up and a guy comes out of his driveway, you should expect he doesn't know you're there. If there's a truck, he doesn't see you. If there's a car, you try to move over a lane. They always talk about having an exit strategy, yep. right? So, um, yeah, that's one of the things. And, but look, I, I then it becomes, oh, now the motorcycle drivers, riders, it's so hard to say fucking riders yeah. versus drivers. <laughs> They'll say the motorcycle riders, now you're telling us what to do as drivers. But it just just educate people. Like that. That's all it is yeah. in the process. Have it as a couple questions, a couple points. Like There's nothing mm-hmm. crazy about that. Yeah, and you know, they they there's the saying that says, you know, loud pipes save lives because mm-hmm. people can hear you, they know that that you're around them. That's one hundred percent true. I mean yeah. if I if I rode a motorcycle and I and I won't, at least not in the state of Arizona, because people out here drive like they've never driven before. Um, but if I did, I would have the loudest exhaust you can possibly imagine. So the electric bikes that are coming out now have yeah, a that's sound a added. That's a problem. That they're having yeah. a sound added because it's too dangerous to be that quiet and easily out of somebody's visibility. Yeah, so, so it's not as great, loud as a normal motorcycle, but it's Speaking still of electric motorcycles, there's a great documentary on, I believe it's Apple TV, called, um, this one's called Long Way Up. Yep. There's three of them, Long Way Down, Long Way Round, and Long Way Up. Yeah, with Obi-Wan Kenobi and his friend. It's, yeah, it's Ewan McGregor and his best friend, and they they take motorcycles on these like epic, you know, 7,000-mile journeys across continents. And uh, in the most recent season, they did it on electric bikes. Mm-hmm. And it was, I'm not even a fan of motorcycles, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm a big fan of documentaries, so, but I mean, I just absolutely loved it. One, you get to kind of get a feel for who they are as people, but two, just some of the challenges that they face. I mean, these motorcycles had a... 170 mile range so like every you know four times a day they're having to stop and charge these things and oh it's just such a nightmare and then all the weather inclements that they came across it was just crazy yeah that's the other thing i don't really ride in bad weather um i did very early on though i intentionally went out in the rain and my wife's like well why are you doing that and she's like you so you said you're not going to ride in bad weather I was like, I got to be prepared if I'm fucking stuck somewhere in this bad weather. <laughs> I'm like, I got to ride in this rain to get used to it at least. And it it's very uncomfortable, very, very uncomfortable riding in the rain. Not just like the yeah. getting wet aspect of it, but the bike feels totally different. It's like trying to catch like soap when your hands are wet, like in you know, yeah. the bar soap, you're like you're squeezing it. That's how it feels on the bike. It's crazy. I don't like driving in slick weather. I can't imagine, you know, being on two wheels and not four. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you mentioned your new truck. You've mentioned mm-hmm. it a couple times. What kind of truck is it? What color is it? Like, what did you get? Um, I got a, it's a Ram 1500 Rebel. So it's, so I don't know if we talked about this in the past, if we have stopped me, but um, most people don't know this, but the top five cars sold in America, three of them are pickup trucks. Number one is the Ford F-Series. Number two is the Chevy Silverado Series. And then, and then number three is the Ram um, pickup truck series. 
followed by like a Honda Civic and like, you and know, a like Camry, a, I think. Yeah, like something else like that. Um, that that was shocking to me. I didn't I see trucks everywhere, at least out in Arizona. I didn't I don't remember seeing them a lot in when I lived in the East Coast, but um we're, you know, as as we've spoke about many times in the past, I'm looking at moving up into the mountains. So um I felt like, all right, my lease is up on my car. Um, I, it's, it's about time I get, you know, I had, I had a Jeep four by four and I absolutely loved it. I'm like, all right, I'm ready for another one. I don't think I want another Jeep because the, the upkeep on it was quite a bit. So I went with something a little bit newer, a little bit nicer interior. So, and the Ram 1500 series, well, just the Ram pickups in general, their, um, their interiors are, it's, it was nicer than my Lexus the interior right now. And it's got like, you know how the Teslas have that like 20 inch like screen? It's got the same kind of display on the interior and it's it's freaking awesome. I just is, love it to death. Is your truck the one that they're calling the roadhead edition? And I'll explain. <laughs> no. There is a truck now where the gear shift can go down flat and you can slide like a table out so you can like write on it. It's supposed to be a work truck, right? Yeah. Uh, they're they're jokingly calling that the roadhead edition because <laughs> you can get that out of the way for yeah, the person. No, mine, the mine is not that. Actually, the truck that I wanted um, is uh, is a brand new. It's a competitor to the Ford Raptor. It's called the uh, the Ram um, TRX, and it is it is I think the they start at like ninety grand. And it just, I I mean no matter how you slice it and dice it, there's just no way to justify spending that much money on a pickup. Um, Unless your girlfriend who was rich just dumped you. Yeah. Watching earlier episodes. <laughs> exactly. <interested> yeah. <laughs> Two episodes ago, I think. Um, so <laughs> that's hysterical. I totally forgot about that. Uh, anyways, is is it, it's the MSRP starts at ninety, and they only made like a limited amount of them, like five hundred of them this year, because it was the first year they were doing it. And it's just spec wise, it's off the charts. It's like 702 horsepower. It's got a Hellcat engine in it. It's, I mean, it's an off road beast to like slay all beasts. In fact, it's a play off of the Ford Raptor. Um, it's a TRX, but the logo is like a T Rex. It's a, you know, it's, you know, and, and the logo is like a T Rex chewing on a Raptor. So yeah. it's, it's actually pretty funny how they kind of went after the Ford Raptor um, crowd. With that, so, but uh, yeah, I wanted that, but could not justify the price. Yeah, right, so you. I got the next best thing. So you talk about bad marketing decisions. A few years ago, so Ford F one fifty has uh -huh. been pretty high up there every year. Like this is not a new four thing. years in a yeah. row. It's been the top selling pickup. Um, Twenty of those years, it's been the top selling vehicle. Yeah, Ford. If you're interested in sponsoring us, let us know. Um, or Ram. so one of the things a few years ago when the gas prices really skyrocketed, I think it was maybe mm -hmm. ten years ago. Ford was like, we're not going to make the F-150 anymore. The number one fucking car they were just going to stop making. The number one selling like vehicle a, this is like they were a just going to stop like, making it. Yeah. Like marketing ploy, yeah. And somebody was like, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, yeah. just, all right, you might not sell as many, but still. So what color is your your truck? It is officially called Diamond Black. So it's yeah. it's black, but it's like a onyx, shiny, flaky black. So if I send you a, um, a what they're called is truck nuts, have you ever heard of them? I have. <laughs> My truck is a female, so do not send me truck nuts. I will so not wear be, them. They could be truck titties. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know what truck nuts are, I heard of this on a show once. I had to look it up. Like, look, you tell me there's a thing called truck nuts. I got to look at what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them before on the and road. You've, you've, people have probably seen these. People might oh, yeah. not know they're, what they're called. But it's whenever you're behind a pickup and there's basically... What looks like a ball sack hanging at the bottom of the it's a uh, tow hitch. 
the tow hitch. Yeah. So there's actually they're called truck nuts, and mm-hmm. you can actually buy them online. Mm-hmm. So what is your truck's name? Uh, it doesn't really have a name. I think well, we were maybe- calling it Darth for a while because it's black, and I've actually done a bunch of modifications to it since I got it, but I blacked everything out. So what little non-black components it had, they're completely gone now. So it's pretty much all black. All right, good. Yeah. Maybe I'll post a picture of it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. See how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) For those who care about David's truck. (laughs) I don't think anybody cares about it, so I probably won't. All right. I think we need to talk about the one crazy question. Okay. No, actually, we can't. We we had um, teased from last episode. How far would you go uh, to save money? We can't. We, this is the second episode where we've almost skipped over that. We can't. We can't leave a, a cliffhanger out there and then not talk about it. Um, which would be kind of funny, actually. Like, yeah. You always leave a cliffhanger at the end. So, do you ever watch TV show Arrested Development? Um, you know what? I've seen one or two episodes, and while I love everybody that's in that show individually. Um, the, the two episodes I watched the pilot and like one other episode and it just didn't do enough to keep me interested in like yeah. what are there like 10 seasons there six there was originally three or four they went away Netflix brought them back for a couple more um, and that is a show I can see it you either love it or hate it type thing well I, I just absolutely love that show it's one of those things where I got overwhelmed where I'm like all right if I get into this I'm committing myself for at least a hundred hours mm-hmm. of watching television. Do I want to do that? And I was like, no, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I just don't. So in that show, I actually had to point out to my wife at one point, because at the end, they're always like, in the next episode. And she was just skipping those because we're, we're binging it. And she's like, oh, I know what I just go into the next episode. And I'm like, no, whatever they say in there, nine out of 10 times, it's not in the next episode. <laughs> so they just throw you some, some random thing and then it's not in the next episode. So... But that is that has never been our intention. It's it's literally we would just forget if we didn't. Talk Although about that it. would be pretty funny. But then they have to be like really outrageous. Like mm-hmm. you know, we're going to talk about the time Mike shaved his nuts and and, <laughs> and nicked a nut, and then not yeah. talk about it. But you can listen to episode five if you do want to hear, hear that. that. <laughs> um, all right. So do you want to go first? All right, I'll go first just because I don't have a very exciting story. Um, when I was younger, I was a penny pincher. Um, however. The more established I got, the more I realized that time is money and it takes time to, to save money. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I usually do the ROI on it in my head and go, all right, do I really want to be here? Coupon cutting, how much am I going to really save and what's my time worth? But there was a time where um, REI, which is the uh, like kind of outdoor, you know, if you're into hiking, uh, biking, mountain biking, Camping, REI is like one of the premier like retailers out there that sells all that kind of gear. And I'm very much into, into hiking and camping. And they have a garage sale, I think it's once every two to three months. And what they do is they put out all of the returns, all right? And it's an invite-only event. You have to be an REI member. And people, you know, we talked last week about, you know, waiting out in line for eight hours for the Pink Floyd concert. Mm-hmm. People will wait out line because um, they do. It's a first come, first serve event. And people will wait outside for six to 12 hours. Um, they'll even camp outside in a tent to be first in line for this event because you <laughs> typically get stuff, you know, where you buy it, you use it for one trip and you're like, eh, I'm never going to use this again. So I'll return it and say it's broken. Mm-hmm. Well, they quickly figure out that it's not really broken, but they can't sell it for retail value. So they put it in their garage sale. So you can get really expensive gear 
for not a whole lot of money. And when they sell it, they're marking it down. It's like 75% off. Uh, and it's, you know, it's GPS devices, like, you know, four or $500 GPS devices. I brought, I bought a GoPro, Go, uh, GoPro once a year, one year <laughs> from this sale. And it was like $75 for a brand new GoPro that had looked like it had been used maybe once or twice. So, um, so I get excited. I used to get excited and go to these things. And this was before, you know, people kind of took it too far. But uh, I did get a Columbia winter jacket, a ski jacket. I do go skiing quite a bit. And it was a retail of like, I think between $299 and um, $350, this jacket, right? And I just couldn't at the time see myself spending that much on on a jacket. I paid, I think, $100 for it at the, uh, the garage sale. I took it home. And the reason why it was on sale is because it was a tear on the inside. So I took it home. I got on Columbia's website and filled out a support request for my brand new jacket that uh, that was ripped. And they said, send the jacket in. They sent me a brand new jacket like three weeks later. So for a, a measly $75, I got a 300 and to $350 jacket. And to this day, it was probably the, the most excited I've ever been about saving money in my entire life. So that's like gaming the system, right? And so there's a few companies out there, like J. Crew is one, sounds like Columbia is another, mm-hmm. Banana Republic, that like they stand by uh, Patagonia, they stand by their stuff forever. Like Patagonia, it's, they say that you can go like fucking 30 years after you buy it. You can be like, uh, this, this sleeve ripped yeah. and they'll give you a new one, they'll replace it. So, um, you know, that's, 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 I love beating the system. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, so for me, that that's, look, at least you paid for it. You got what you're supposed to. You ended up doing the ticket, so that's great. Um, so I got a couple of stories. So a couple involved my parents, actually. Um, you know, you talk about penny pinching as a kid mm-hmm. when we were younger. Like, we didn't have money. So a couple of things that had happened was, one, we, in, in before 9-11, you used to be able to fly. You didn't even have to give a license. You used to be able to smoke on, on flights, yeah. too. So <laughs> it was that as well. But... We were going on a flight to see family in Colorado. One of the few times we actually flew somewhere. Uh, again, going to see family because then you don't have to pay for a hotel and all the other stuff mm-hmm. that goes along with it. But uh, my dad tells me this story. I don't. Re- I don't remember it. Me doing it, but he's told it over and over over the years. So we were. If you were two and under, you flew free. So my dad told him I was two. I was not only not two. I was like less than a couple of days from being four. <laughs> and so, so much so that my dad tells the story that the and you flight attendant- you weren't a small child. <laughs> <laughs> my, the flight attendant asked me, how old are you? And I said, well, I'm two today, but when we land, I celebrate my fourth birthday while we're there. <laughs> so that was to save some money. Uh, another thing that my dad has done when we when I, I got I've had numerous stitches right mm-hmm. I've had them in my chin my chest my finger my leg parents are out of town yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes that's usually more serious but um, I had stitches in my hand and at the time I, I like no, now being educated and being actually involved in the healthcare field right I'm an accountant who does hospitals and things like that. I, I, you realize that when you go for a surgery or you get something done, there's a follow-up visit that's included. Right? Mm-hmm. It's You don't have to pay another fee to go. So at the time, my dad didn't know that. So I got stitches in my hand, uh, good six or seven stitches, 
And my dad was like, no, no, we're not going back to take it out. That costs money. So he fucking <laughs> took him out himself to save a couple bucks. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that was some stories and from my dad. now you need a tetanus shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my cousin Nostrils thought he would show up because he is probably the cheapest person I know in my life. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to tell any stories about him because I don't want him to get the satisfaction. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so um, a couple things that I've done over the years. So I have... Um, Switch prices on things. So um, there is a uh, like a framing store where near we where we grew up, where they used to have on the corner a piece that had the price, and these things slide on and off. It's just there to protect the frame, so you could easily slide it off one and put it on another. So this frame that was sixty dollars now all of a sudden is five dollars. <laughs> so I've done that before in my life. So yeah, those are just some of the things that. I've done, I don't do the couponing stuff. I, I do it when it's easy. So um, like Costco and BJ and a lot of those now, it's all electronic. So you just got to stick yeah, in front you of your phone five minutes before that, you go there. Yeah. And you can be like, add, 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 and you can save money that way. Um, the other thing that I we use a lot actually is Rakuten. My wife always gives me a hard time. I usually say it wrong. But Rakuten, I don't know if you've ever used that. They have to be selling your information to drug dealers. Because I don't understand how this thing works. So (laughs) if you're going to buy something from Walmart, you go to the Rakuten website, you type in Walmart. They'll say, oh, Walmart's giving a 2% uh, rebate to you if you shop there. You hit Walmart. It actually brings you to the Walmart site. You log in with your normal password. You buy whatever you're buying. At the end of it, it says, Rakuten says you've completed your shopping trip. You'll get your cash back in a few days. So... Like you get all this money back, and we've gotten a lot. Like, so you use them as an intermediary to buy from Walmart. Correct. And I can so, tell you exactly how that works. Well, they're doing the click-through stuff. They're getting the traffic to go to their site. There's ads. It's called on the affiliate side. marketing. Yeah, the, typically right. companies like Walmart will pay five percent of whatever you spend, five to ten percent of whatever you spend, back to whoever sent you there. Right. So what they're doing is they're saying, okay, if you give me ten, I'll keep three and I'm going to give seven back to the person as an incentive to come back and do more of it and it's a volume play. Right. Exactly. That, that's yeah. what they're doing. And they, they so, highlight yeah. that as much. They're saying, not selling your info to drug dealers. Oh, they may, but that, they're not making money off of that. <laughs> I like my story better. I hate IT people. <laughs> Fuck you, IT. Um, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a know-it-all. God, I hate so, this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, faith in humanity restored. Yeah. Um, so the other thing, though, is if you pay attention, like Black Fridays, um, around Christmas, things, the day after Christmas, things like that. Some of them have an extreme amount of rebates. So, like when I bought my snowblower two years ago, they offered 15% back. So, I paid in essence $1,000 for a snowblower and I got fucking 150 bucks back. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's great to take advantage of that. See, I hate, I, I won't, like, if someone says, hey, we're having a 25% off sale. I won't go buy something just because they're having a sale. Um, and it, the funny thing is, I've been I've been developing e-commerce websites for most of my entire career, and uh, mostly you know business to business, so we don't really sell to com- consumers. So my advice to my clients and or companies that I work for is never ever offer discounts or coupons, because what typically happens is you create behaviors in people there where they wait for the coupons. Right. right? Um, so, I'll give you a perfect example. I don't go looking for deals, but if I'm on a website and I'm in the checkout process and I see a coupon box, pump the brakes, 
pop open another tab, go to Google, type in store name coupons and see what comes up. And I'll sit there and I'll plug in as many coupon codes as I can possibly find to see if I can get a discount. Yeah. All right. So it's one of the worst things I think you can do if you're uh, an e-commerce reseller is offering those coupons. But um, and, and occasionally I'll hit pay dirt. Like there was one time where I was expecting to, to pay two, three hundred bucks for something. And I found a 40 percent off coupon. And, uh, and it was like, all right, honey, we're going out to dinner for no other reason than I just saved us a bunch of money. <laughs> So don't use coupons. Don't offer coupons. Ridiculously bad advice from David and Michael. No, I think it's ridiculously good advice. <laughs> um, all right. So what else you got for me? One crazy question. Okay. Let's and go. go ahead and say what it is before I belittle you for it. <laughs> so I thought we had something in the one crazy question. I you noticed did. you took it out. No, I put it in. Um, it, it was missing when I looked at the notes this morning. So I believe you took it out. No, it was. I didn't. I didn't take it out. I noticed there was none there. So I put, I put in one, one crazy in two days ago, three days ago. Really? God yeah. damn it! Somebody else must have access to it. So I put oh, in one Philly. today, about just a couple hours before we started, because I didn't see any there. Oh. And so the one crazy question that I came up with is, what's something you have done in an elevator? Now go ahead. Restore my faith in humanity. I can't do it. There, there's there's only one thing, and I and I can't talk about it. <laughs> Everything else I've done in an elevator is completely normal. So go ahead, your turn. Oh my God, you're so you're so not fun. <laughs> I can't I can't do it. My All mom right, so, listens to this. <laughs> so let let's talk about some of the the low hanging fruit, right? Like farting in an elevator. <laughs> I take great joy in a fully <laughs> packed elevator, letting a silent oh, one slip out and keeping a very straight face as everybody else around me eats it. All right, so I'm going to call bullshit on that because I've been in a very packed elevator when you've let one rip and there is no straight face. All I hear is you cannot keep it in. And I'm like, oh, you didn't. <laughs> You know, that depends on where I am. If I'm in my work elevator, I, I force myself to keep a straight face. If I'm at like a department store, yeah, I, then Vegas. I'll end up starting I've been in giggle. Vegas a uh, hundred times with you, and there have been a numerous amount of occasions where you start giggling in the elevator, and there's like eight people behind us, and I'm like, all right, we're getting off the next floor. <laughs> the other thing I really like doing in an elevator, because I think it's it, it, it's it always appears to be taboo. People don't do it is most people don't talk to other people in the elevator. And I'm not saying you walk on with somebody from work and you're bullshitting, you're telling a story, you keep talking. I'm talking about get in an elevator and actually say something to someone. So I intentionally start doing that in elevators just because I, I find it funny. And it makes everything uncomfortable and you can see the person's like, what the fuck's going on? Why is this person talking to me? And, and like, it's not even like, oh, how's your day? It'll be like some totally random thing, like, Oh, when you put on those shoes this morning, did you realize it was going to rain today? Because it seems kind of silly to be wearing those boots when there's no chance of rain. <laughs> so, like, stuff like that, and I'll start a discussion. Um, so, I've done that as well. I, enjoy, I actually enjoy that. Um, and I always tell people, people always confuse how much I talk for wanting to talk to people. Right? There's a difference. 
I'm not here to have a conversation. <laughs> I'm here to say my comment and move on. <laughs> it's like on a uh, shopping True line. words were never yeah, spoken. <laughs> yeah, it's like on a shopping line at a supermarket. I'll say something just because mm-hmm. I think it's funny or something in the card, and then all of a sudden it's like a conversation. I'm like, yeah, I have no desire to do this. Like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> and so I got to try to like what I needed slowly, to say. I'm yeah, done. slowly get myself out of the situation. That's funny. Yeah. And then... Um, one time I was, an elevator actually got stuck. So it was, you know, going that's between. That's one thing that's actually never happened to me that, I mean, almost everybody else I know has been stuck in an elevator. I've never been, knock on wood, ever been stuck in an elevator. Knock on wood, use Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> listen to the last episode if you're interested. Um, so I got stuck in the elevator. It was me and one other guy. And, you know, look, look you hear stories, people are on there for hours took forever to get off, people peeing in the corner, like all of those type of things. The elevator gets stuck. The announcer comes on. He's like, hey, we don't know what happened. We're looking into it. Give us a few minutes. We'll get back to you. We're both like, okay. Maybe two minutes pass by. Turned to the guy and I said to him, if we're here all night, I'm letting you know I'm eating you for dinner. <laughs> now, I've said that to him and now we're stuck in the elevator. <laughs> and it was about an... He would not look at me. He would Didn't not talk to me. Didn't think that one through, did you? <laughs> I just thought, look at it. It was a funny comment. He, he, he fucking would not look at me, would not talk to me for the whole about 10 minutes that we were waiting in the elevator for it to start moving again. So I thought Jesus. that was pretty funny. So clearly you've had sex in an elevator. Why don't you talk about it? No, let's talk. Uh, let's, let's move on to the joke vault. <laughs> All right. So each week on the joke vault, You continuously, like the deer and the reindeer you asked me yesterday, you continuously point out 25 years after the fact, like, wait a minute, did you think about this? NASCAR (laughs) only makes laughs. No, but it's it's just the inquisitive person in me. Like, that's all all I think about is I'm like, hmm, I wonder if he thought about this. I just like to ask questions. So I always know those are coming when I, I read these. Now, last week's, as we talked about last week, I'm like, I have no fucking idea what happened here. This is the story, and I told the, the joke vault thing. Um, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I got there. I don't know how I ended there. Mm-hmm. This one, when after I read it, I'm relatively sure it was an easy process of how I got to this. <laughs> <laughs> I could pretty much figure out what happened. And it's actually a little morbid, but here we go. Some inventors should be praised while others should be shot. And not just shot, but shot before they actually give their invention to the world. The inventor of the tissues should be praised and celebrated the event the inventor of the handkerchiefs what made that person think keeping snot in your pocket was a good idea now the invent no, now you've got to think about it. i'd be on stage feeling the crowd like <laughs> I'm, now I'm, just, I'm just reading from a piece of paper so you, you've clearly thought this one through <laughs> well yeah this because this one i was like oh i know where i got this from yeah. now the inventor of cling wrap death is not even good enough for that person that thing, when you try to pull it out, it sticks to your arm, the box itself, but it never sticks to the Tupperware that you try to stick it to. I recommend the inventor of plastic wrap be wrapped in it mummy style and tossed in a lake. And I know it will hold because it sticks to itself. <laughs> so clearly this one, I was having a little bit of trouble with cling wrap or, yes, or plastic 100%. wrap that day. <laughs> and I went and wrote that thing down. For what it's worth, uh, I, I absolutely. Although I will say, modern technology has done wonders for um, press and seal. Um, yeah. 
that that saran wrap bullshit that we grew up with was absolutely fucking horrible. Yeah, it stuck to itself, but like nothing else for yeah, sure. So the, the press and seal one is major advancements in that one. That one's good. Yeah. And there's another one. Like, it's basically like a big sheet of tape. Yeah. Let's be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> but also now, either cling wrap, plastic wrap, whichever, they have sell one now where it comes in a pretty good sturdy box. Mm-hmm. And it, you you pull it out like you would um, like almost wrapping paper. You bring it up and out, and you put it on the item, and then you can slide a ribbon across it to cut it. Yeah. So you can actually position it before you actually do the cutting, because once you cut it, it fucking shrinks up and just sticks to itself. So I hate that stuff. Agreed. Right. We can so, agree to agree on that. Yeah. Before before we end, I want to just talk a couple random things I stumbled across this week. So we made brownies the other day, and we had uh, a couple cousins over. Actually, so I don't get yelled at by her. She made the brownies, <laughs> and she brought them over. But She being your cousin? My cousin, yeah. Okay. And so we talked about the inside versus the edge. It was just a quick passing discussion. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, I'm an inside guy. I don't like the edge. I think it's dry. And my cousin Yanni was like, I like the outside. That's the way you should go. So I'm just curious. Do you have a view on this, inside or outside, when it comes to brownies? When it comes to sweets, um, cookies, brownies, um, blondies, all that good stuff, I love the gooey center. Yeah. Even even cornbread, like I even like undercooked cornbread, like the gooey doughy center, more so than anything else. Banana bread, any kind of sweet treat, I'm all about the gooiness. Not a big fan of the corners. I'm I'm pretty much the same way with like pizza too. Like if you ever have like that Sicilian style pizza where it's like a square or a tri- mm-hmm. uh, rectangle, like I I typically stay away from the corners just because it's I like the cheesy parts and the saucy parts, not the not the doughy parts. Yeah, same with me actually. So I was just curious. And they also sell a pan that you can make just corners. That's the way the pan is designed. I'm like, what well, fucking waste. <laughs> That's fucking waste. Um, the other thing that I thought was. Just a random comment I read. So we have cats now, as I've talked about. Mm-hmm. How are the um, allergies going? I, I feel it, when, especially when I'm around them for a little. And so, like, at night, I tend to sit by them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel it. But as long as I wash my hands as soon as I get up, I've been okay. So, thankfully, that's so, been okay. So here's where you're about to feel the pain. Um, cats have dander, and mm-hmm. it's it's you don't see it. Um in about two to three months from now, their dander will be on every soft surface in your house. Couches, beds, sheets, pillows, everything. Yeah, because those fuckers are everywhere too. Yes. I push them off. You got to push them off the counter. Um, yeah, well, they're on every even chair. Even if they're not, even if they're not, have you ever, you know when the sunlight comes through the window and mm-hmm. you see the rays of sun, but you see all these little particulates in mm-hmm. the air? Dander's that, that fine that it kind of floats around and you breathe that shit in and whew, man. So to creep anybody out, if you don't have pets and you see that, that's your nasty-ass dry skin in the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cellular so, data. So I was looking into getting their nails cut, right? We, we've ordered mm-hmm. something to do it, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. My wife's like, she's not sure if she could. Am I an asshole if I correct you and call them claws and it's called declawing them? No, not declawing is... So one, yes, you are an asshole. <laughs> Two, <laughs> Two declawing is actually considered extremely inhumane now to do that. Really? So oh, cutting and trimming their nails is different than declawing them. So mm-hmm. declawing them is actually taking out the claws. That is not encouraged. It's not done anymore. Um, 
David believes in using leeches to uh, cure medicine nowadays, to cure <laughs> medical and blood diseases. That's where I he have is. an elixir. Would you like some elixir, sir? So now I know I've just made fun of you, but to be fair, when we got the cats, I said to my wife, "We're going to get them declawed, right?" <laughs> She's the one who told me all that stuff <laughs> that I just told you. <laughs> so I could, I, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> but so I'm looking. I'm trying to find. In essence, I don't know if you call it a cat spa, cat uh, care, you know, whatever. I'm trying to find something where I can get their nails cut. So it seems, and if we would have got a dog like I wanted, this wouldn't be a problem. There is so (laughs) many options for dog stuff Mm -hmm. and much less for cats. And so I've been having trouble finding a place that does this. But while I was looking. Cats, like, they do their own thing. Have you ever heard the term, it's like herding cats? Yes. Cats are, like, notoriously difficult. That's why they don't have anything for cats. And we have scratching posts, so they've been using that. But I figured, you know, we'd look into it. So every time I go to a site, I thought it was for cats, and it starts with saying it's for cats. The next thing Mm -hmm. I know, it's giving me fucking dog options of what to do. I'm like, what? I don't What just happened? But one (laughs) of the things I came across, and you have two dogs, and this is why I asked this. And and look, again, I think I just... I look for the weird. So this was something that caught my eye. I already know where this is going. There was a thing called, I want to make sure I get this right, anal gland expression. If you ever had to do that to your dogs, you know what the fuck that is? I didn't even look Uh, up what it was. I just saw that I would never fucking do that to my dogs. Um, That's why you send them to the doggy spa is because that's part of the thing that they do while they're there. But yeah, apparently their, their glands get plugged with something i don't know you can usually tell because it, it gives off like a kind of a fishy smell when when they're plugged and you know it right away and you're like oh jesus so you just book an appointment for the doggy spa and then have somebody else take care of it i'm not i'm sorry i didn't sign up for that shit so is it the equivalent of a happy ending for a dog <laughs> like it is not i don't believe so <laughs> like i said i don't i don't know what it is i didn't google it or nothing i'm like I saw the term. I'm like, I got to ask David about this. <laughs> <laughs> and to be quite honest, I've owned dogs my entire life. I had not heard of that until I would say within the last six to 12 months. So uh, I'm not all that smart. All right. Next week. This I have was a your great suggestion. idea. I have all such right. a great idea. I think it's going to be hysterical. All right. So there's a game. You know, you've, you're familiar with Jelly Belly Jelly Beans? Yes, sir. All right, some of the best tasting jelly beans, and they have thousands of flavors, right? So they came out with a game. It's called Bean Boozled, and there's a couple different variants to this game. So uh, the most frustrating thing about Jelly Belly jelly beans is they have so many flavors. If you ever get one of their like mixed bags, it, it takes a, a map with like 200 photos on it to figure out which one you're actually eating. And cherry and cinnamon and blood all look the same. Right, So you're like, I don't know which one I'm getting, but I think it's cherry. I hope it's cherry. Oh, damn it. It's not cherry. Well, they have a game called Bean Boozled, right? And it has, you know, like 10 different flavors, 10 different colors, okay? But each color represents two different flavors. So you get green. And green can be either green apple or green can be booger. (laughs) All right? And... uh. I can't imagine booger tastes anything like green apple and you don't know what it is. So basically you spin a spinner and it says, pick a green. We both pick a green and we eat it. And then we both may get green apple. We both may not get green apple. We don't know. There's a variant of that 
Um, it's I think it's called the Fiery Bean Boozled. All right, and I don't know if you're up for it, but it's got the same thing, but it has jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, Anaheim, like all of the chili peppers that have any level of heat. In addition to like cherry, cinnamon, peach, strawberry. <laughs> all right, well, so earlier I said I would try anything. I lied. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll try. I'll try the hot one as well. I am not a fan of hot stuff. All right, um, so let's let's do Bean Boozled, the, the normal one, next week. And, and, and if we like it enough, then maybe we can come back and visit. I got to believe it'd be much more palatable eating a habanero than it would eating boogers. Uh, I'm not I'm not encouraging eating boogers, but that's not my choice. I would choose <laughs> the boogers over the habanero. All right. Bean boozled next week. All right. With that, I'm Michael Carter. And I'm David Michael. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. bored.